0: Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if, like, my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. Because they put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm.
1: Are you ready, Mel? Oh, I'm sure this is Matt. Tom? (laughs) Robert? Yeah. Well, all right, fellas. Well, let's go!
0: am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? So
1: now. here's the deal. You know, I'm not a good parker, yeah. Tom. I'll be in the first to admit it. Yeah. just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. All the cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. Tesla. You don't even Tesla. have Tesla.
0: Yep. I remember that. You've got a Model i I've seen the true. future, <laughs> and it is light pole charging. No, I
2: wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, It's beautiful. <laughs>
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, talk talking Tesla 66. Uh, we have been out looking at new Teslas. Uh, I'll share that audio with you but uh, Tom is the angry one. We've decided this week. That's bullshit. Very angry. (laughs) (laughs) That is bullshit. I don't
0: want to be the angry one. Boy. Wow. wow. I'm just kidding. I'm not the angry one. What are you talking about? Why do I have to be the angry one? Uh, Pragmatic. We could be that one. Realist. We could be that one. Maybe because we just went outside and saw our friend Jess and Dave's new Tesla. You just got a new Tesla. This guy over here has got a printout of his next new Tesla. not getting? A Tesla What is wrong With this picture Wow Yeah I well, no. Hey, if you didn't have a Tesla How happy would you
1: be Mel I would be pretty sad If you don't yeah. have your
0: Tesla For two hours You're pretty angry And irritable I just like to
1: go out there And sit in it Even yeah, when I don't drive it Bet you do So let's go uh, Let's talk to her, Rob For a second here Look you've got a printout You've done an exhaustive Spreadsheet Like uh, inventory Of uh, Teslas Are you going to get one Before the end of the year Are you getting the P100 Talk to us
2: Oh I need some more Maalox I'm looking at the uh, difference between a 90D and, of course, I can't do without all of the added features except for the rear-facing seat, which I have no use for. I don't fit. My son wouldn't fit. He might like to play back there, but that's that's neither here nor there. So that versus the P100D. I do wish they had the 100D. We've yes, talked about this yes, many times. Yes, like I the 100D without the P. And, and I've already braced myself because I'll put this order in on, like, december 28th and then on january 1 they'll say guess what yeah now we have 100d i know but of course they let you fudge and do things after you've actually made the commitment and so i guess one question i have is and i haven't figured this part out to get the unlimited supercharging does that mean you just have to put down the five grand before the end of the year and pick it up before the april first that's my understanding you just have
1: to order by December 31st. And I know that that's going to happen because it's going to happen. I'm worried about it too. But Is that, that extra, a factor? Like is that honestly a factor for you? Because it's an extra 30 miles maybe. If it's an extra 10 percent, it could be another 30 or 40, maybe 50 you're miles. You're talking about
0: the P. I'm talking about the unlimited supercharger. Oh. Is that a necessary oh. thing? We've all done the math on it, He does right? a
1: lot of driving.
0: Right, but but again, even him, he's done the most amount of supercharging of all of us, and I think it didn't add up mathematically even for you the extra amount that you paid for enabling I don't even know at the time, right? There was like a charge for supercharging. Right. We figured
2: that for the two thousand dollars you pay extra for uh, when you buy your Tesla that includes the supercharging, that it would be about 50 to 55,000 miles of supercharging. And I figure now I've almost reached that at three and a half years. I've had the car 36 months. I've done 80,000 miles. And I estimate that you know on a low end, I do 20% supercharging, but more likely I do closer to 50% supercharging. So that's like 750 miles a month of supercharging. And I I should say equivalent. It's a special case for you, though, honestly, I think, because you happen to work
0: and live kind of near superchargers, right? They're sort of on your route, but not necessarily that like you're it's a special case scenario for you that you've even gotten that high. I would venture that most people probably haven't gotten that high.
2: Right. I think that's true. As well, I don't qualify for a lease because I'm putting, you know, 20, what, 22, 23,000 miles worth of driving on my car every year. So I'm committed to buying it, which is what's making this extra painful. It's just, An an enormous cash outlay. So I figure what I want is $114,500, and I'm not going for any special wheels. I'm going for standard. I'm going for standard dash, which is that dark ash gloss dash, which I just looked at in in, um, Jess and Dave's car. It's nice. I like it. You know, I need to have some wood that I can knock to make sure, you know, when, when people say bad things, I don't want to have happen. Well, let me get going. I was gonna say there's also that figured ash wood, which I think is dull, more like mine, which is the Obechi. I kind of I'm bummed that they've taken away some of the options, but I'm sure that's because they're trying to streamline and make things uh, much easier to produce, which I, I think I support. My guess is it also has a lot to do with how many people were ordering those
0: other options, right? Like it's probably just a numbers game for them. They're like, oh, only 2% of people wanted the Obeche, so let's just kill – or whatever that number is. I don't know what it is. But my guess is that their manufacturing like statistics and data are so tight that they just know.
2: Yeah, I expect that too. And God knows if there's any more trees with Obeche wood left in Africa. <laughs> So I want to talk about my Tesla because I got it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls.
1: I got it. So Ugh. you're over here trying to decide whether you're going to get it. And I got mine. I got a lease because I don't do the miles that you do. And uh, I love the white. I was worried about the white because people told me that I'd look like a sorority girl in white. But I love the white. It's beautiful. Um, so now I've got an X in white and i got an S in white. And I love the air suspension. So I have a quite a steep area coming up to my house. So now I just have a GPS located. It gets to my house. and goes whoop all the way out. And it does make it significantly easier to get in and out of that car. You didn't have the smart air suspension before? Not in my car. Not in my old Whoa. S. So... I didn't put it in because I could. I had the option, but I'm like, no, I don't need that. It also,
0: I actually think, you should get it. Drives quite a bit differently. Yeah, with it's the air suspension, much better. Especially well, yeah.
2: if you set it to drop at about fifty, fifty-five miles mm-hmm. an hour. So every time you're on the freeway, it snugs down on the road. You get a little better uh, range out of the car, and uh, it handles nicely.
1: So this, uh, ca- this car also has the eight cameras for potentially fully autonomous driving. But right now, it doesn't even do what auto steer 1.0 could do it's got nothing except for cruise control and it's sad because i'm driving down the road and there's not even the little blue lines that show up there's nothing i'm please 8.1 come out do you think your
0: ex sits in the driveway
1: laughing at your ass like yeah. i can drive myself a little at least yeah. what the hell is wrong with you and he said by the end of this week so by the end of the year, by the end of this week they're working around the clock we'll see but then the question comes up ladies and gentlemen boys and girls If you were, uh, you know, had my car, which has the 2.0 hardware, Uh and 8.1 comes out, do you rush to the freeway to try it out? Or did you just wait for a few days for all the other Tesla geeks to try it out just to make sure there's not a software glitch that kills a few people? Do you think that there's a possibility
0: (laughs) that they're going to release it with the software glitch? They're going to be like, I don't know, let's just push it and see what happens.
1: Uh, No. You, you. There's only so much testing you can do But then you throw it out to tens of thousands of cars Doing tens of thousands of miles And you find out your little errors That's why you have to update yourself I'm just saying, yeah. I'm a little bit scared Because I know. it's brand new The
0: answer for you is yes oh, You I'm need going to go and run it <laughs> oh, And I will. then drive to Oxnard
2: and then if you get if you get into an accident, Robert, if he's on shift, he can take care of you. This, this is where you don't want the accident to happen. This was one of the roads I was driving, either in Colorado or in Utah. It was like just about a whiteout condition. And the only way you could guide your car was on the tire tracks of the car or vehicle in front of you. It's a very well plowed road. No
0: one can see the photo of it, but it looks very clear.
2: I'll send it out. It was uh, one of the better roads because, of course, on the poorer roads – I was not taking photographs. <laughs> so the other things I really like about this car so far, and I've only had it for like three or
1: four days, is, of course, the parking radar thing, which is on the X. So there's the, it's got the little radars around. And when you're going to park, and I'm a terrible parker. I think we've sort of established that pretty well. I'm a horrible pug. Now it just tells you you're 24 inches, you're 36 inches from something, you're 5 inches. That really makes parking much better. But then we have to get to the roof. So I go there. I get, I'm picking up the car. And I thought I got the panoramic roof. And mm. I was not sure if I really wanted the panoramic roof. But I get there and I don't have the panoramic roof. I have a sunroof. Now, we were just sitting around having coffee. Way to pay attention to details, by Thank the way, you.
0: on your $100,000 plus purchase.
1: Thank you. And then it turns out they've changed the name. So the moonroof, uh, sunroof thing used to be called the panoramic roof. Then they had a true panoramic roof. And so now that's called a sunroof and the true Piece of glass is called the panoramic roof.
0: So explain to the people the difference. Does it open?
1: The Does mo- the sunroof open? My sunroof opens. Okay. It opens up quite a way. I can see that. It's going to be really useful in the summer when my car is so hot. I'll just so pop that So it slides open. back inside? It slides sort of inside, on top. inside somewhere magically. It slides
2: on top? I believe so. I have to go and
1: have a look. I don't know if it's inside or outside. What yeah. is wrong with the, the tub- details? It seriously. lifts
2: up and it slides back. back. So it and it sits there's a on wind top. deflector. Okay. Yes.
1: Yeah. And so that's kind of cool. I probably will only use it just to vent the car. I'm not one of those. I'm bald and white. If so, I'm not going to ride around with my head out
2: in the sun. I'm just going to fry. You can also just tip back the rear portion of the sunroof as a vent. As yeah. a vent. Yes, yeah, so it definitely has yeah. a vent setting. So I was a little bit.
1: But I'm like, oh, did I screw up? Then I went back to the ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, okay. and I'm like, wow, did I screw up? And it turns out I really like satellite radio, mm-hmm. and if you have satellite radio, you can't have the panoramic glass. I don't know why, and you can't have the roof racks. I probably won't roof- use roof racks very much, but if you want to have roof racks or if you want to have satellite radio, you can't have the panoramic glass, and I don't know why you can't put in a satellite radio thing somewhere in- else in that car. It's probably
2: yeah. the shape of it. You can have it done aftermarket. If you go to somebody like Allen Eds, you can get all kinds of stuff done. But then they'll probably
0: put like a little thing on your dashboard, probably to accept it. Because when I had my original satellite radio, it just had like a little antenna little that thing. you could attach somewhere.
1: Right. Um, so what are the other things? I can see better out of this car than my last X, and I don't know if it's hocus pocus or if that if it's a different. It seems that it's a little better view. I can see out of around. the back is what you're talking out about. Out of the front.
2: Yeah, you can't see as well out of the back because in my car, the headrests of the two outside back seats are low, as low as the center headrest. But in the new cars, the outer headrests sit about two inches higher, maybe three inches higher. And it actually cuts off a fair amount of your view towards the outer portions of the rear window. But you may be feeling that you're seeing better because the seat has been changed, right? Now, Recaro makes the seats for the Model S and the X, I believe. And so they're upholstered different. They, I think, sit you in a different position. They're not as um, sort of relaxed and uh, cozy, they're more firm. And so I think you probably are experiencing better posture. And maybe that's why you're seeing better.
1: Yeah, I don't know exactly what it is with that of the glass. But my wife had exactly the same revelation. We're driving around. She's like, I can see out of this better than your old car. I'm like,
0: Hmm. Maybe it's just overall brighter in there, and that makes it a little bit easier, right? It so, could like, you be. don't have the body color paint, so a little more light is in the car, so it hmm. allows you to kind of, it's more of like less of a contrast between the inside of the car and the outside of the car, potentially. Maybe it's
2: gypsy tears. I don't know what that means. Gypsy tears? Please explain.
1: Please explain. What is a
2: gypsy, and what are their tears doing? Well, their tears are, are you know, supposedly magical. Uh, you've never seen the movie Borat?
1: Do not fear me, gypsy. All I want from you is your tears. Please give them to me or I will take them.
2: Now, the other upsides
1: to me is is super fast. So I had a standard 85, no P, no dual motors. And this time I got the 90D, so the two motors. Mm. And it is wicked fast. My last Tesla was so fast. It was scary. This is incredibly fast. And that front motor is no joke
0: because I was in the Tesla store over the weekend at the at the Westfield Topanga and mm-hmm. they have the sled in there with the dual motor. And because I was curious, the one Tesla in the very front is a D, so it has the smaller frunk. So I saw that and all mm-hmm. of the space, you know, the the difference between the space that I have and the space that you used to have and that. And then they have just the open sled. And that motor is gigantic. It takes up a fair amount of space up there. So it must transfer a Shit ton.
1: How much? Well, you got your uh, you got your metric ton, Mm -hmm. and you got your sort of your American ton, and you've got your shit shit ton. ton.
0: Yeah, that's correct. Of power to those front. It is
1: remarkably faster. Um, The only thing, the only downside, and this is very important if you're ordering up one before the end of the year, is that front trunk frunk is significantly smaller. So I used to be able to throw in my golf cart in that front frunk, and it was no problem. Wouldn't even go close to fitting in the new car. Oh, so I had to buy a new, much, much smaller golf thingy, Poor which baby. most of you don't care. No. But um, if you're used to a big, giant frunk and you use it a lot, then the D is going to take away that big, giant frunk. Yes. So you need to keep that in mind.
2: Sad face. Sad, Sad. face. But uh, on the plus side, you can get wherever the hell you're going much faster. Much faster. And you can <laughs> go twice if you need to make trips. <laughs> and you know what's great for me is that I made sure when I had a loaner with the F- D – Uh, Configuration that I could fit my cooler in that frunk because I think that's the best place for your cooler. It's not knocking around in the back. Mm -hmm. If you buy your cold food, your ice cream, your lovely, yummy chocolate frozen things, you can put them in the cooler and continue to drive around and not be worried that everything's going to go bad. The best part of the frunk, yeah, the cooler's fine, that's great. But the best use of the frunk
1: is if you're an athlete or if you've got smelly shoes or clothes. You put it in the frunk mm. because that mm-hmm. is not going to stink up your car. Nice. So Unless you turn the
0: fan on. No, I'm kidding. It's my
1: job. car smells so much better when I put my dirty, smelly, wet golf shoes in the frunk. It doesn't stink up the whole cabin. Nice. Unfortunately,
0: That's a that's a pro tip right there. It is
1: a pro tip. Unfortunately, in my case, I stink up the whole cabin still, yeah. even though my shoes are in the I front. I mean,
0: I didn't want to bring up that part of it, but you are a stinky Australian.
1: I'm very smelly. Now, the other things that happened is that we got um, an upgrade to the software over the weekend. Yes, we so, did. Uh now I can bring up Mars on uh, the maps. Oh, Ooh. I want to see that. That is pretty fun. See, the Eggie. Mars. Mars rover, so that came out right on like the day before Christmas. And then, if you have an X and the wife has an X,
2: mm-hmm. they
1: also did another Easter egg, which I'm sure everybody has seen. But basically, remember a year ago when they had the X and uh, they the X basically sang a song and danced and danced, and the gold wing doors were up and down, and everything mm-hmm. was flapping, and the lights were flashing. And you're like, oh my gosh, that is so cool. So they pushed that out just before Christmas. And if you put in model Xmas and okay. then you walk away from the car and you hit lock. It'll start playing. Is that the is that the code? I thought it was holiday model Xmas. Okay, and there, actually, there's a couple of codes, but that so was the one. So you push
0: on the T in the middle of the screen yes. for about five seconds, yes. and then a little screen comes up and it says, "Please enter your code." Yes, and in that code. Model Xmas, and then you have to lock the car and walk, walk away, away from it. You can't be in it, right? It knows if you're in it, so don't try to do don't that. Don't do that, and, and make
1: sure that it's lots of clearance because mine was under a tree and it wouldn't do it because it was going to bang the tree. Don't put your grandma near it. No, we'll it's grandma off. killer. We know that already Absolutely.
0: from previous shows. Maybe you
2: should set up stanchions around the car.
0: <laughs> Ooh, little velvet ropes around it while it does its thing. So the one thing, the YouTube video of this fascinating at nighttime. The one thing that bummed me out about it mm. was that the interior Interior lights do not appear to be playing... With the exterior lights, right? So the the brake lights and the the turning lights and the front lights move, and the LED and they do all kinds of fun things. But the interior does not seem to be playing at the same time, and I think that would be awesome. I I don't remember if the interior lights were going on. Couldn't tell from the
1: YouTube video. Super cool though. I was like the coolest person ever at uh, Christmas because I like everybody come on outside, let's go. And I, I doubt that that
2: made you the coolest person ever. To be no, honest. I probably, probably need a lot
1: more than that. But you know,
2: I was cooler than I was. Yeah. Maybe next year they'll. Add a fog machine and some yes. laser out. Would awesome. Wouldn't that be cool? And some like Van Halen. A little mini mirror disco ball pops down in the center. <laughs> that would be so sweet. Yeah. Maybe Evan X
0: could make something like that and just add it to the gig. I think that
2: probably already exists.
0: Although you think about like we talked about in a previous episode, the the projection, like the heads-up projection. Imagine when that thing can play the game along with it, right? Oh, oh what kind of like you could project like snow winter scenes like coming down the, the front window. And stuff That'd be pretty sweet Oh
1: and at Halloween You could project like Zombies and Screaming And then the car runs over you Or something
0: It'd be so cool Yeah with green fog Customized messaging Like Like congratulations or happy birthday when you buy someone one. You can oh, like program happy so- birthday into it.
1: So actually this does bring up the fact that it is amazing that these software upgrades can do so much. I mean the car gets better all the time. Then they do a silly thing like this which is just for fun which makes your life just sort of happy inside. It doesn't change yeah. the world. But then it makes you scared because you realize that Elon and the boys are just pushing a software thing and they could do anything to this car. So what if hackers get in? They could make your car drive off the road. And it starts to freak you out a little bit about – when hackers get into this, and you know that they're going to, it's a little scary. But then I was thinking, Mel, settle down because my phone has all my life information, and my banking, everything. My computer does. So it's really no different from that. This is just the times we live in. And one day when I have the little chip in my brain to help me with my memory, they could hack into that as well. So, yes, it's a downside, but it's also such a tremendous upside. I love the fact that my car gets better and better and better. All the time I'm already working on
0: hacking into that chip in your brain I mean, I didn't put a chip in your brain no, <laughs> yeah. that Never mind
1: What?
2: Just what? like the Beatles, getting so much better So, uh, the time.
0: let's talk about Elon
1: Elon is boring did you know that?
0: I, that I don't believe that's what the article meant. Like, so when you say Elon is boring, that means like he's sitting around and like he's like a, like a bowl of saltines or something like that. Like, that's not what we're. talking that's about.
1: That's not really what I'm talking about. No. So it's nice to be a billionaire when you're driving in traffic and you're getting really pissed. Also nice to be just a billionaire generally. Yeah, well I'm here. i here. It's <laughs> good. Um, and so he's in traffic and he's he's getting really angry and uh, he says, "You know what? We need to." Uh, Dig more holes so that traffic can go through tunnels. And so he tweets this out, which sounds like a sort of a crazy Elon thing to do. But then he's like, it no, is. really, I'm really going to make a company that does this. And so people have been saying, is this just sort of a crazy billionaire guy that's lost his mind? Yes. Or <laughs> is it that he realizes that he's going to have to develop technologies in Mars to do a lot of digging? So maybe this is all part of a master Mars digging plan. And in the meantime, let's dig some holes here in the world that is Earth. Message to Elon Please don't start digging
0: holes in my state. Come on, if you're going to dig holes, dig mass transit. We've
1: done that. They're called subways. Really? And it turns out that as a lot of companies – this was from Nasdaq.com. A lot of companies that used to dig big holes with mm-hmm. big uh, machines have stopped mm-hmm. doing it because it's really hard. People yeah. like Caterpillar, pretty big company, they stopped their whole digging uh, division because uh, there's no money in it.
0: The, the the Los Angeles that we live in, they yeah. they were doing oh. like a digging situation mm. that, that was happening. And, and at one point, they dug a, a little too close to the sun, as it were, and giant sinkhole, and now no more
2: digging. No more digging. But they did just and Boston was, had the digging
1: big dig, which was just like 17,000 times as much as it was projected to cost. Yeah. Not digging to ma- is hard.
2: Not to mention Seattle where the digger, the tunnel boring machine, got all fouled up because what they were digging through wasn't good. And then there's the big New York dig where they're bringing water down from mm. northern, uh, the northern parts of the state. There's like fascinating articles on these digging projects and all of the problems they run into. And can you just imagine if you run into that problem and your digging machine is like – I don't know, what was it? 400 million miles away or some crazy number like Mars? Oops, we need a new part. Okay, (laughs) how are we going to get that? Well, on Mars,
0: it's actually, uh, from everything that I've read, kind of critical that they do get some tunneling going because that'll protect people from the surface radiation at least the initial group of folks before the the real protective buildings and the solar roofs go up uh you know they'll have to have some digging so and then this machines you know they're they're kind of they'll be built to fit on the rocket so they're gonna have to figure that out
2: yeah i mean these machines are not lightweight these are ginormous machines so when i first saw this tweet i thought well maybe elon's partaking in a little pre-legalized marijuana (laughs) experiment
0: you can't call elon a stoner he may have been driving although if he's Texting and
2: driving He shouldn't be doing that That's true But then I thought Yes This whole idea About taking this technology To Mars Would mean You need to start Almost from scratch On this tunnel Boring business You need to get A tunnel boring machine That's lighter That's modular So you can Pull it apart And stick it on a spaceship You need to make it Incredibly reliable Not like the Those Those projects That we already talked about And It needs to be run With a minimum Of human input Right How many humans Are on Mars? Zero. Yeah, zero so as of
0: right now, none.
2: And and probably as of uh, 2024, there's probably still going to be zero. Probably
0: also zero, yeah, yeah. That's
2: probably correct. But you could have something
0: smash into Mars and then just continue drilling maybe, no.
2: I don't know. You know, they they have those things <laughs> you they're can't called do that. they're called asteroids. Yeah, there and you go. they have hit Mars quite a bit. There must be some caves on Mars that they could so use initially.
1: that brings up if you're watching Miles the show on Nat Geo, which, which is I don't
0: fantastic get oh, on my system. I can watch it. I actually it. bought it. Me I bought neither.
2: it on iTunes, Time Warner yeah so they, of- actually i don't have any cable but you know what i found and cutter. i and i feel bad about this but i had to see that first show before we talked about it on the show mm-hmm. and i was looking everywhere i called my neighbor they weren't home i called my other neighbor they don't have it nobody could get it so my son was like what about youtube so we went on youtube or maybe i said what about youtube whatever we went on youtube bam first episode Thank you. Somebody ripped it onto YouTube. And, you know, quite honestly, I'm happy to see, I send the National Geographic money every year. I get their magazine. So yeah, I'll give them an extra for the five cover bucks. Photos,
0: you know what I'm saying? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what you I'm can get here. it on iTunes. Buy the seasons. It's like 20
1: bucks. Oh, good. I'll do that. And it's really good. So one of the things they do, and I really like this show, it starts off the first few episodes I didn't think were very interesting and I wasn't sure I was going to stay with it. But now I'm totally into it. So in one of those episodes, they go looking for natural Mars tunnels yeah. for this reason and then they find a natural Mars tunnel. So Elon doesn't necessarily have to build them. There's a few that are already there did, according to the show. Did they find one of those giant space worms in it with the big no. gnashing teeth? Interesting right. you should bring that up because that's from Star Wars – and Carrie Fisher had a heart attack, and, and that's also, very sad. Sorry, they Carrie. weren't on
0: Mars, that was an Get estroid. well soon. Yeah, get well soon. She had an incident on an airplane, which is something that you've covered in your other shows yeah. as well.
1: Lots of bad things. sounds like she had a cardiac arrest. Yeah. Um, the reports are a bit sketchy, but it sounds like she had a cardiac arrest just before they landed in Los Angeles. Had a big MI, is in the ICU,
2: and we wish her well. We do indeed. I wonder, if you're a physician and you're on a plane – This is for our physician colleagues. And somebody has a a major thing. Like it's somebody important and famous. You know, are you HIPAA bound to not talk about it? Yep. I mean, you're ethically bound. You're HIPAA bound to not talk about the
0: actual – the, the any treatment that you gave her but you didn't like i'm assuming that that doctor would not have been the leaker of who was on there but yeah sure i, I would I, although
2: as a good samaritan maybe you're not HIPAA bound exactly exactly situation. you have you don't have a contract and a uh a obligation to treat because you're just a good samaritan a bystander who comes up and helps and you happen to be a doctor
1: you have a moral obligation I say have moral a
2: moral
0: obligation yeah. and and but your malpractice doesn't like doesn't come into play in that particular situation if you do something wrong, even if you're a doctor because, again, you're working under Good Samaritan. Am I wrong
2: about no, that? No, but that's only in California. That's state by state. In some states, you are still bound. And that is a yes.
1: Very, this is this week in HIPAA violations and Good <laughs> Samaritan.
2: Nobody cares about this.
1: No. So let me summarize though. If you're a doctor and somebody has a heart attack on a plane, there's this thing called the Good Samaritan law where you can go and treat that person, but you're not held to the same standard that you would if you were in a hospital. And they're just saying you're just – out there trying to help, you can't get sued if something goes wrong because you're being a good Samaritan. In some states, they don't have those laws. And so when people drop, the docs and the nurses go, "Eh, I'm not really sure I want to get sued by this person. So I think they're really important laws for docs to go and help. There are some states where they do a slightly different one where you can't do something completely egregiously stupid. Of course, you can get sued for that. But here in California, physicians and nurses and healthcare providers are outside of their normal work setting Bound by uh, Good Samaritan laws, I don't know how we got into it this week in Good Samaritan not laws. Not sure.
0: Oh, because we were talking about carry fish. Yes. Who yeah. wish
2: well. And so, on your trip to to Australia, you'll have like 20 hours' opportunity to treat people as a physician. Will you then not be drinking your Chardonnay?
0: If only he was going to Australia. And I'm going not to New, New Zealand. Zealand,
2: and
1: uh. Uh, I've been called to help out on planes all the time. In fact, I now have been a bit of post. Uh, traumatic stress disorder. Every time I get in a plane to go to Australia, I'm like, who is going to get sick this time? Please, please. Because you have no equipment. But let's move on. (laughs) Let's move on and let's talk about Tesla being uh, in inside EVs. Notes that Tesla owners love them some Teslas. 98% said they would buy the car again. Compared to other hybrid plugins, way better than any other hybrid plug-in in terms of people saying, would I buy this car again? 10% more. And in fact, if you look at the luxury category, way more people would rebuy a Tesla than any other luxury car. Amazing. People love them. Some Teslas.
2: Let me just say that the next highest customer satisfaction was with Porsche. And if you look at the percentage scale, Porsche gets a C and Tesla gets an A+, just to make it simple.
0: And just to sort of bring it home for for our listeners, right, we've known several people with volts who didn't re-up their electric car. Right. I... Did not rebuy my RAV for very for mostly for range and speed of charging issues. So th- all of the things that Tesla owners don't come in. And then I will say about this: hundred percent of the folks in this room, I believe, would buy a Tesla again, so or have, or are going or to, or have, go to, or to will, in a minute, or, or, or want to. You and know, people all- will be
1: asking, so Tom, why don't you?
0: Yes. It's a it's a cash uh, situation. Oh. I could send my daughter to uh, school and try to help her with her education or I could be very selfish and buy a car. How, how, about, just- how
2: about community college does really well for a couple of years? That would make up for the difference. Would it not? Why don't it you tell indeed, her,
1: yeah. I'm yeah. going to buy a Tesla for myself. You can't go to uh, an expensive college. But you'll get the Tesla in a few years. I, still, How's that deal? I, I just I still have a hard time
0: justifying I have again I have a Tesla in my cart right now uh, and it was in the it was a sixty D because I really want the D if I was gonna get one. It's yes. very difficult to find that used especially without the P in the more inexpensive versions. So you start throwing them in the cart and you're you get to ninety pretty quickly, mm-hmm. add some sales tax and that's a hundred thousand dollar purchase. That's too much money for me
1: i gotta tell you uh my mm. car payment is quite large lease yeah. lease it's very large and i don't want that car payment for many years to come because you know one day you're going to retire and something but you leased it it's not going away it's not going away so i was definitely thinking like this is sort of my midlife crisis thing i've got a couple of teslas it's all good but going forward i really want a payment which is a bit more reasonable so i'm really hoping that Model 3 is as wonderful and as lovely as I believe it would be, because I'd like to flip this really expensive car to the 3, but Tom's going to say, no, you're not. When it comes around, it's going to be too small, and you're no, not going to want
0: it. I don't know. Again, I don't, I don't think so. I just think that we're still probably, for me anyways, and if the math that I did on a few episodes back is correct, you're still looking at a $66,000 car with all the bells and whistles, which is less by not a mega factor, but $40,000 less, let's say, and has all of the bells and whistles potentially. Still a considerable amount of money then if you factor in the fact that more than likely the $10,000, the $7,500 federal thing is going to be gone at that point. You know, like you could buy the low-end 60 or wait for the fully loaded – Model three. three.
1: We don't know. Elon suggested that he thinks that most people are going to get about a forty through two thousand uh, dollar Model Three. So nice features, but not all the features. We don't know when it's fully loaded. The big question is how much they're going to charge for fully autonomous right. stuff, which right now is another ten grand.
0: Right. That's what I'm saying. Is like that alone is ten thousand dollars. That adds a, a considerable amount to a forty thousand dollar car. It makes it fifty right away. So. And so, would you as an S owner who's paid $10,000 and then the Model 3 comes out and that fully autonomous is half that price or even free? That would
1: probably irritate. Some Model yeah. S owners, no, at least
0: I, a little bit.
1: I, I understand. I think everybody who's buying them right now understands we are funding Ford, funding this uh, company. So I hope the Model Three is a lot less because I do not want to have a you know fifteen hundred dollar a month ridiculous <laughs> payment that I have right now <laughs> for it's the rest insane. of your life. And, want, uh, and hopefully, like I the, want a five hundred buck payment. Even that used to seem to me like ridiculous. Mm-hmm.
0: But. And hopefully, the Model Three is a ten to fifteen year
2: car, and you know you you can just sort of that could be the last car. Ever well, there's did. continuous reports that show that the Model S battery is only losing maybe as much as ten percent, but much less on most accounts in the first fifty to seventy thousand miles. So this car could last easily six, ten years mm-hmm. at the rate it's going. Maybe longer if you don't have the need for an, a particularly long commute or you're going to do a lot of road trips.
0: I think it could uh, theoretically last much, much longer than that. For most people, they're yeah. even saying that you know, even you wouldn't want to drive an S with like 40 miles of range on it. But if that's your commute and that car's 15, 20 years old, it's it's really about how does the interior of that car hold together. For most cars, mm-hmm. it depends. Like that's really the key. The Does the plastic start falling apart? Does the leather start cracking because you didn't condition or whatever it is? Like we that we don't know what that long term build quality of those materials is gonna be like
2: yet. Well I've had mine three and a half years and we were just talking around the table with Dave Mason and he's already what he took delivery within the week. Mm -hmm. He's already gotten like all this kind of leather. Uh, conditioners and, and oils put, and oh, bombs. Yeah, and he's rubbing salves. his, <laughs> he's salving and rubbing his seats already. <laughs> yeah. And I haven't done that. I've gotten the car detailed three times. And, you know, they've done some stuff to the seats and the leather has not cracked. It's all supple. The only messes up on the leather is once in a while when I hit it with a pen, but I have a little saddle soap. I'll wash it off. The headliner is great. The dash is fine, even though it's black. The steering wheel's in great shape. There's no buttons to break. How about the carpets? Uh, right now, they're very stained red from all of the Colorado Plateau yeah. mud, but the carpets have done well. They've got mats. Yeah. You, um, have the, you
0: have the carpet mats, not all yes. leather mats. In carpet here. mats.
2: Yeah. So really, um, I, I, the only thing that ever was a problem for me is that on the B pillar, that sits behind and to the left of you when you're in the driver's seat, has this sort of like sculpted outward poking little point that meshes with the arm handle on the door and if depending on how you get in and out of the car I tend to rub it and I rubbed it enough that in the initial uh, build of the interior panels it started to pull a bit of the leather apart and I suggested to Tesla that they make a little plastic cap for it I tried to fashion one I was going to say just glue it on with some silicone and they said oh that's no problem we've actually fixed it and they just replaced the pillar for me
0: nice and mine gets Really dirty. That pillar gets super dirty. Coming, getting in and out of the car, you tend to grab the, the, the thing and touch it a little bit. So my B pillar on on my wife's car is actually very very dirty. It was clean when we got it. But.
1: So let's keep uh, talking about this because I've got a fascinating question for you. So we're talking about um, our S's and whether we would buy a Model Three and whether you should just buy and hold your S. So squiggle me this. Hmm. I bought. Or I leased the Model S, the new one, because I wanted all the hardware for full autonomy and I want to be part of that as it's rolling out over time for the show and for my midlife crisis. So Robert, you're going to buy a 90D. The reason you're buying it, I think, is uh, because the full autonomy hardware. Once you've got full autonomy hardware, yes, there's always going to be continuous improvements, but mostly in software, unless they do some magical LiDAR or something else. I think this car, and people ask me this all the time, this car is now future proof for five to ten years. I think you buy this car and you can hold it and feel really good about it as they improve the software for ten years. So this is the car you'll have for ten years because although there'll be tweaks, I'm not sure what else they could add that would make you go, oh, shit, now that's the thing I really wanted. What's the right. thing that would make you go,
2: "What I really need this new thing? What is that new thing? I don't see it. Well, with uh, with the fear of now putting off other people from buying, you know, if they came out with a new battery chemistry and the car weighs less, goes farther and they can pack more batteries in so the range is now 500 miles, that would make me a bit sad. But f- go on. Yeah, I mean I think that's that's what I was going to say. I think it's
0: battery chemistry. There could be if full autonomy becomes fully regulatorily approved they could completely revamp the interior of this car as well where you don't have to be sitting forward you could have it where all the seats sort of rotate as a captain's chair kind of a thing so you could have a table in the middle like there's nothing like those aspects of it could change and again i think it's probably things like range materials but who knows
2: and i don't know that that might actually need Further federal regulations, because you know there there are going to be accidents. Even if there's full autonomy, even if all cars are full autonomy, some boulder is going to roll into the roadway when you're up in the mountains, or some tree is going to fall, and there's going to be an accident. So, how safe are you facing sideways in a fifty mile an hour collision? That I think. You know, And you could just unbolt the seats, and they could probably design seats that just bolt right in and do that. But what if they also change the method of supercharging, right? We're going to talk about this. Yeah, we're going to get 350 to that. 350 kilowatts, but you need to have a different battery, or you need to have a different wiring system. And sorry, we can't change your car because that would be too expensive. Yeah,
0: and I guess the real question is, is Tesla – No matter if Tesla is a technology company or a car company or sort of a hybrid of those two things, companies rely on innovation. They rely on changing things to get people like you and to get people like Mel to upgrade their cars, to change things out. Did you – you owned your first S? Well, I had a loan. You had a loan. Like that was was one of those weird loan loan lease things? Yeah, it was one of those
1: original loan leases. It was through
0: U.S. Bank. But it wasn't – so it wasn't a lease, a pure lease. No, it, wasn't it was basically a, a,
1: it was basically a car loan I was paying So off then them.
0: what was it that this particular time drove you to do the lease? Was it the lesser payment, the lack of a down payment? What was it for you specifically?
1: It was for me it was knowing that I'm flipping this car Again,
0: because of the model three, because so of the, model the only three. reason was because it gives you some model three flexibility, right? Because so I, I
1: again, I love this car, and I don't know, but I know that I'll make there'll be a decision point when uh, this lease is up, and it'll be like, Well, am I gonna get a three, or I really love the S, and at that point, uh, I can just you know get rid of the car.
0: So, but what do you do in a scenario that your number comes up in 18 months?
1: Well, my number might come up in six months, but right, I just found saying. a way to so. get rid of – I've got two on uh, hold. Correct. And I just found a way to get rid of one
0: because hmm.
1: Grandpa, who's been waiting for the Bolt, yeah, has been reading a lot. and He's like, maybe I should just wait for the Model 3, but it's going to be a long time. I'm like, well, I happen to have two on hold. He goes, you do? Hmm. Well, good. Can I have one? But uh,
0: but again, I'm not talking necessarily about that. I'm talking about for you personally. You're in the middle of a three year lease and you want to switch over. Are you going to sort of hold off and then maybe have second generation model? Yeah, I will probably just sit.
1: I will. I'll sit on it. um, And then, uh, you know, Grandpa might want one. Maybe Micah gets one. I don't know. But I'm going to sit on it.
0: And do you think Grandpa's going to have like it's not going to ride too low? Because that's one thing that we've been that talking about. That is the about,
1: biggest right? thing is like with the air suspension, is it okay? Uh, so there's a lot of it's a lot of questions. I'd really like to see a three. And there's uh, no way, not yet.
0: And there's no way Grandpa is looking to get a sole or. A Rav Four EV used, even though that's the form factor that he's looking for. He is look- that's why the no are- fast charging and right. no smaller range, right? You know, on the
2: topic of you wanting to see a three, has anybody in this room, or maybe has anybody in Tesla, Tesla Nation, heard anything about this quote Tesla special upcoming event? What? Well, I've had this on my calendar, January fourth. That's a Gigafactory event. Tesla Gigafactory, right? That that event i've seen nothing mm-hmm. i've gotten no emails right. and i've asked around and i've heard nothing no feedback but there was supposed to be some january 4th event yes presumed to be a second unveiling of the model oh, three. three and i i think i'm gonna have to take a shift because they're killing me at the hospital you've got to come on the fourth you've got to come on nobody's working on the fourth i think i'm gonna be the only doctor in all of and all you of think you. it's because of this Tesla
0: event that none of your doctors are working on the
2: <laughs> No, but I, had, I went had asked for it off because I was right. thinking maybe I'd be flying up to Reno, yeah. but now I think I'm going to ditch. Yeah, so, I don't
1: know what's going on with that thing. But let, I want to go back and summarize. So the killer thing that you're worried about – that you might want to flip your car another time for is battery range and speed. And you've said the same battery range and speed. Batteries are going to get better all the time. There will be a 400-mile Tesla. There will be a 500-mile Tesla in time. But I think it's actually this thing that we're about to talk about in a minute, the speed of charging. So we'll get to that. Let me finish off with Model 3 news. And when are we going to see it? Because a lot of people are waiting. Lots of decisions are to occur. And this is from Electric. And they said Pacific... Chris, Brad Erickson says the Model Three is indeed on track for second half of 2017. I don't know how he knows that production. He production. Production,
0: according to calls that he's had and conversations he's had with the higher ups at Tesla, that's where that information came from.
1: So um, he's you know, a little worried about you know, what that means for Model S and Model X sales because if it really the people see, oh boy, this three really is coming soon, coming soon, maybe they're going to have a dip in sales. I'm sure that's going to occur, um, but. It's interesting that Jess and Dave, who just got their new Tesla, they went up to the factory and they picked it up. They said the thing that was remarkable was a great. They saw all the Xs coming off the line. They saw the Ss, and it was wonderful. And they picked up their car, and it was just remarkable that how they would not talk about the Model Three. There was no prototypes. There was no discussion. But when we went on our tour
0: before the X came out, it was very, very similar. Right. There was like an X behind a shrouded thing and it was just like the framework of it. So that's not completely unusual. Now, this article talks about their production being ramped up. And that's why there are so many production vehicles right now available on the website. Like there are 50 cars. Available right now on the website, about half and half S's and X's. You mean
1: 50 new cars 50 that are 50 new
0: cars that are, like, ready to go. Tesla has been yes. ramping up their ready-to-go inventory for the end of the year so they can get on track to deliver that 80,000 cars. And my question to you, gentlemen, is do you think they'll hit it? Now, we probably won't know until, the like, the Q1 call when they talk about mm-hmm. the last production. But if I had to put you on the spot right now, do they hit 80,000
1: cars, Robert?
2: Uh, I don't
1: think so.
0: Melvis? Yes. They will because they
1: were smart and saying free supercharging forever and people like Robert
2: and I Mm. jumped in. But that that means that you have to take delivery and pay it off in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people are still going to be pumped up in the first quarter. So I don't know that they're going to make the oh, fourth quarter. But at the same time, they, they pushed out – I think it was maybe two weeks ago. I saw that they were saying, you know, would you like your Tesla before the end of the year with only like three to four weeks lead time? So I think they – I know – I know for a fact that they are pushing production very hard. I don't think they're going to meet that 80,000 mark, but uh, somebody I work with, uh, their offspring, I'm going to try and be as generic as possible. Their offspring works up in Fremont. They do something that has to do with the production line, and they're working literally 12-hour days, six days a week. And evidently, to get Christmas off, they had to work the day before 16 hours. So they are running that factory at a blazing speed to get out cars. And so maybe that is actually an indication that they're, they're going to do good. So let's move on because uh, they're going to build a lot of cars.
1: What about the defroster? Oh, we've got to talk about the defroster very quickly. So there was just, I just found this little interesting thing on Tesla We love those guys. And it's by K Man Auto that shows that I didn't know this. Is this in every car? That for uh, the front camera, there's a defroster and it's lots of snow. And uh, in this video, he's showing that. It sort of defrosts right over where the camera is. Is it in every car?
0: And the question that I have is: Is it? Do you have to turn it on, or is it? Does it auto auto detect? Because I saw the little orange lines on Dave and Jess's
2: car—the little defroster lines painted in front of that camera. So there was a further story where a guy used an infrared camera and looked at his car. And so when the car activates, right, the door handles pop open. The car immediately starts to defrost. Or at least heat up the glass over the three forward facing cameras, the two, the dual side cameras, right? You have a side camera in the badge on the front fender, and you have a side camera in the B pillar. Those defrost. I don't know about the rear facing camera because that one was a problem for me driving all through Colorado and Utah snow. And so we know for a fact that those all defrost as well. They took Movies of the windshield wipers and they reach all the way across the camera window on the windscreen or the front windshield and clear that so that the cameras can see what's out there on the road. I love Tesla
1: Nation because um, it wouldn't come into my brain for a trilly second to think I should take my infrared camera out, go turn on my Tesla and see where which cameras are going to get heated up. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's because I don't live in a cold climate, but this is not something I was thinking about doing.
0: That's correct. But
1: it's fascinating little you know, piece yeah. of information. It's pretty cool. So I want to talk about superchargers because of uh, what we've been talking about. And I did a little bit of math and, uh, you know, a couple of times I've suggested, well, is there any money in building your own supercharger and having a little kiosk? So I went through some math and I'm going to try to do it really quickly because it's lots of numbers and they're probably wrong. Um, so oh, let's, they're definitely wrong. Let's assume you've got 10 cars a day that are going to come to Mel's supercharger and they're going to use about 50 kilowatts of energy. And uh, let's say I charge the Tesla owners, because I'm in the middle of nowhere, 30 cents per kilowatt hour, and I'm tied to the grid and I get 15 cents. I'm buying the electricity for 15 cents per kilowatt hour. You're going to have to trust me. This math is probably all wrong. But I think I can make about $30,000 a year. By just charging Teslas And I think it's going to cost me Probably around $200,000 To set up this supercharger network mm-hmm. I have no idea what if that's true But mm-hmm. looking at the solar panels It would be about $130,000 mm-hmm. And then getting the permits and stuff Let's just say it's around $200,000 Then the uh, charge on a sort of a commercial loan for a $200,000 loan paid off over 10 years, which is mm-hmm. most commercial loans at around 4%, is about $25,000. So I could, if my math is wrong, um, right, and it's not.
0: It's completely not because you left out a bunch of stuff. Like what? The cost of the land, the cost of oh. the actual superchargers. Yes, but yes. But you also I left out – I
1: put $70,000 out, in there for those things. But
0: you – oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where are you putting the supercharger in Kansas?
1: Yeah, no, it's in the middle of nowhere. I can get the land cheap.
0: So the thing that, that you also didn't factor in is you could sell coffee, paninis, the all kinds of awesome stuff that you could sell, like key change, little fob covers, selfie sticks, crap like that.
2: And I think that the perfect example would be Japanese rest stops. And Ooh. I've been to Japan twice, and I've traveled around there for, oh, I don't know, six, seven weeks in total. And their their rest stops are Are like Vendo heaven. And I put in some pictures into the notes. Cool. There's like these just pop up vending machines. There's hundreds of them. Like they'll sell you hot soup, they'll sell you drinks of all types. You can get French fries freshly fried
0: in vending machines in Japan.
2: There's beer, there's sake. Mm, Everything. That's a great idea to rest bro. Right? It's beer. a brilliant <laughs> idea. It is for me because sake and get back in the car. Because I'll say to my wife, Oh, I'm sorry, honey, I just had a beer. Could you drive for the next <laughs> three hours? So I think that's an awesome you can get, you know, one of these Japanese vending machine companies to stock you up and and you'll be you'll be in fact, just do it in Torrance. Just do it in Torrance where there's all those great Japanese supermarkets. Yeah, and uh, how much is land in Torrance? Yeah, that's the problem.
1: (laughs) So the assumptions I've made there is you can buy the land pretty cheap and stuff, but I have no idea how much it is if I go to Tesla and I'm like, I'd like to have a four-stall supercharger. How much is that going to cost? They don't actually publish that. But I'd like to know. I'm just saying it's theoretically possible within some constraints for you to own your own supercharger, but you're going to have to sell a lot of paninis to make a profit. True,
0: But but you're also only saying that's 10 cars a day. I mean the the likelihood of 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 you being able to charge more. Uh, the the key is obviously to put it in a place where a supercharger is not.
2: Yeah, well, don't do it in Green River, Utah. I was there for like 24 hours and I was the only one at the supercharger and I could see it from my hotel room. It was it was but then again, it was the first supercharger that I have seen on the map that didn't have the typical supercharger red little drop logo. It had the exclamation point logo. And so I, it's the only supercharger between Grand Junction, Colorado, and I think it's Richmond or Beaver, uh, Utah. So this is a long stretch, like a 400 mile stretch. And and I'm we're cruising along and I'm like, okay, the next stop is Green River. And I look at the map and I was like, what's that exclamation point? I think that means badness. And so I get on the phone with Tesla uh, from Grand Junction and the guy's like, oh yes, uh, we have it marked as offline. I was like, what? Uh-oh. There's Uh-oh. there's like no options. You're stuck. So I said, what does this mean? He says, well, the superchargers working fine. And in fact, I looked on PlugShare, and on PlugShare, there's plenty of people who say it's marked as offline, but I stopped there and I charged. And some of those were like just days before I was showing up. And so what the Tesla guy told me was that the Rocky Mountain Power Company, bastards, have not been supplying the supercharger with a reliable stream of electricity. How is that possible? So anyway, I get there. Exactly. So I get there. And we plug in and it's late at night and we're hungry and we want to go check into the hotel. But I'm like, no, wait, let's just try it. And bam, the thing is blazing, right? Like 350 miles an hour, 112 kilowatt hour, kilowatts, uh, oh, kilowatt, kilowatt, so kilowatt, oh, God. Kilowatt, God. kilowatt, kilowatt, giving me many kilowatt hours. And so it basically almost filled up the car. And so we go, we we have dinner. It was, it was fine. And I put it on PlugShare. And the next morning I thought, well... I'm just going to take an extra 10 minutes for talking Tesla Nation mm-hmm. and drive across the street from the hotel. And there's actually a, a, a museum there, the Powell History Museum, about uh, John Wesley Powell, who was the first explorer to really, like, raft down the Green River, the Virgin River, the Colorado River. I mean, it's a fascinating and a really excellent museum. Okay. And I'm pretty critical on museums. This was excellent. Nice. And so Pro tip. Uh, we plugged back in. And guess what? I was getting thirty miles of charge per hour. It mm-hmm. was like it was like a regular NEMA fourteen fifty wall plug. Same charger outlet or exactly. different charger. I moved outlet. between two different chargers. Mm-hmm. There was only four of them there. Right. And and I was like, wow, this thing and the car was cold, granted. And it did warm up. It went from like whatever, initially twenty two to like thirty six miles, but that was it. It topped out and it was most likely the this power company jacking around with Tesla, and I think that uh I guess there's not that many people who live there. It's only a town of like twelve hundred people,
0: and it's snowy, so it's not really open to being one of those ones with solar panels potentially because mm-hmm. he talked about not putting those in well, we're going to talk areas. about that now, I so know.
1: this is from uh what. And it was a series of tweets from Elon's in the last few days, and it was instigated by Fred Lambert of Electric, so thanks to Fred. So he said, you know, why don't you have more solar arrays on superchargers? And um, Elon said this, well, you know, with the uh, the rollout of uh, Supercharger version 3 and Power Pack 2, then we're going to be able to do uh, a lot more of this. It's all coming together, right? And uh, then Fred said, now, hang on a second here, Supercharger version 3.0? Could that have, like, even faster charging, like 350 kilowatts? And then fired back to Fred is 350 kilowatts. What are you talking about, a child's toy? So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this little exchange between Fred and the Elon suggests, one, you're going to see a lot more solar arrays. These are going to be connected to PowerPack 2, which now have 200 kilowatt hours of storage. Um, And this technology, it appears, is going to allow the Elon and the Musk's and the people Please at the stop Tesla's doing that. people hate that. <laughs> oh, oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> the ability to do faster than 350 kilowatts, and Fred did some math, and I did some math. It could be that you could get 70 kilowatt hours into your car in six minutes, making it almost as fast as filling up your gasoline car. And this is, goes back to what you were taking, saying before: Can they do that with current battery technology, or not? But this is. Huge. They are planning on super fast charging, which Strobel talked about four years ago. Right. Fully charge the car in five minutes. And the
0: interesting thing is, is do they is power pack necessary for that? Because then the power is all there. Like they they take the grid power, which maybe is somewhat unreliable, as you right. as you just spoke of, and they fill these power packs, and maybe they have twenty or thirty of them in a site which is a very expensive sort of install, obviously. But maybe because of the the technology, the inverter technology within the power pack, they can release more power Mm -hmm. quicker, and that's what's going to enable them to do the larger speeds. Like, they couldn't necessarily do that in a straight grid transformer inverter system, but the power pack, too, maybe
2: has something to do with that. And they may be working on capacitor technology so that the – charger station can amass a huge amount of power. I wouldn't want this to be in an area with a lot of lightning. And that power can then get pushed into the car very quickly. Of course, if you try and suck a lot of power at once off the grid, they have these, uh, I don't know if it's opportunity charges. So in commercial electricity systems, you not only pay for the electricity, but you pay for your peak demand, yeah, which is quite a bit more expensive, I'm right. told. And so this is likely going to be a Economic benefit to stack yeah i don 't know ten power packs or more at a supercharger station, unfortunately, it is going to take up quite a few more parking spaces or space around, so it makes it more challenging for Tesla to locate superchargers but i i 'm looking forward to this, and if it is indeed uh, the power that big surge of power is going to come to your car from a battery it 's going to go d c into your car. DC is what has not limited the car at this point. So maybe there's a chance that all of these Teslas can take a, a higher DC uh, flow rate.
0: And this goes back to our earlier conversation where we talked about what is, is – is the battery technology going to be the limitation to that? So let's say you pull up to a supercharger that has 500 kilowatts but you're in a, your current Tesla – you need the new battery to really take that. That's going to that's gonna get you to – if you're like, oh, my car will supercharge in six minutes versus 30 minutes, you're going to upgrade your car for that alone.
1: Yeah, if you're driving a lot, it might make a difference. And it will be about cost. But, yeah, I'm so fascinated by this. What would you have to do in a battery to allow it to accept that much charge? Because it's been about heating, right? It's been about – overheating You shovel those electrons in too fast, it gets too hot. So there'll have to be some sort of cooling system. Right, I don't know how this is going to work. There'll be a cooling system, the battery technology.
0: Again, if it's sort of about what's the real full top capacity of these batteries. If the batteries are smaller, lighter, they can put more of them in there, which gives them more of that overhead capacity that they don't have to use. And that will make that quick charging faster and safer
1: right so that was one way that people were doing it you put in a 150 kilowatt battery so you're only charging it up a half of what you really uh, it's full capacity that Mm -hmm. way you could do it faster that's very interesting and then later on say hey tom you know how you've been charging up really fast in your car that's cool would you like another 100 kilowatts because it's been there the whole time (laughs) 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 give us 10
0: grand and maybe that's it like maybe you pull up to a supercharger and you get 200 miles in six minutes but if you wait
1: an hour, your car can get 400 miles. Oh my gosh! The, the endless
2: series of possibilities. Thank you, Fred, for getting Elon yeah, to Fred, that was interesting. Cough this up. <laughs> I think uh,
1: that's real. This is. Fascinating to me. So then somebody was asking, well, like um, in Australia or in somewhere where you've got lots of sun but you don't really have a grid system, if you have the power packs, could these be fully offline? And Elon's response was, yeah, if you've got enough uh, energy, solar energy there, we put a couple of power packs up. We could start putting these where, the, where there's basically off-grid. And that's really cool for places where – uh, the electricity grid is not very good. I'm starting to think about Model 3s in other countries.
0: It just depends, again, on how many cars are going to come through a given supercharger in a particular day, how much capacities these power packs are really going to have. Are they going to have 100 kilowatt hours, and then you pull up and you're going to draw 70 kilowatt hours? How much? How long does it take for the power packs to recharge? So it's like if you're in the Tahoe Ranch supercharger, right, that has, what, eight or nine stalls, mm-hmm. and there's Typically, a line of cars. You'd need a shit ton oh, of God, yeah, power yeah, packs, yes. right? To 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 manage that level of traffic.
1: Yes, uh, <sighs> but they it can be done. Yeah, and you know no. they sell the power packs for what? What is it? A hundred power pack two is something like a hundred thousand dollars for a two hundred kilowatt thing. But they probably make them for significantly less than that. So you know.
2: Well, they had to build a factory, so they got a factory that cost the opportunity cost opportunity of building. we'll talk about that. That's getting pretty darn big, too. Boy, this is
1: going to be a really long episode. Do I care? Does anybody care? Apparently nobody cares. We're going to be going here for hours. Tom's got stuff to, to do. And go to work. Go to work. Yeah. Well, here, let's move quickly here. Grandpa's got a solution. I was talking to my uh, father-in-law, and uh, he was starting to say, well, maybe I should wait and see what's going on with Model 3 instead of getting to the Bolt. And uh, then we were talking about full autonomy. I'm like, yeah, boy, you might even have to not drive the thing, which would be Pretty cool. And then he was, we were talking about service centers, and he's like, well, you know, or fully autonomous future, he's an engineer from Hughes, you wouldn't even know that your car's getting serviced because I would go to bed at 10, my car drives down to the service center at 11, and it gets serviced and fixed, and then it drives back a couple of hours later, and I wake up and I didn't even know my car went to the service center, and I'm thinking, that's fantastic. Except, you know, I don't want to be the dude that has to. Do the night shift, but that's a great way to fix this service center issue. You just have it running 24 7 and the cars coming and
0: it doesn't. And and when I originally saw this, I was like, that's not so genius. Like, who wants to staff an entire night shift at service centers? But then you really think about it like, there's a lot of people out there who want jobs. There's a lot of people out there that maybe want some flexibility. Why aren't car shops like, if you have a busy car shop and you've called, you own a really busy, very well respected car shop and you you call and your customers call you and you're like oh i can't get to that car for 3 or 4 days why wouldn't you hire a second shift of guys to go in there it makes no sense i think your father may have just revolutionized automobile service centers mm. and and potentially the job market just with a little
1: offhanded Comment. comment over a Ray. beer at the pub genius genius absolutely genius and you know i think 20 25 percent of the u.s population already does um shift work and you can ask robert over here although you yeah. just don't do notes anymore so this is not this is just an industry thing if there is the demand here's a way to fix it and then what will happen is that the robots will get so smart then you won't need
2: the humans there overnight and everybody can sleep right it's just a precursor to us traveling in space right why would there be any shift restrictions when you're on your way to Mars for six months, right? You might as well have people working 24-7, just three shifts of eight, and you keep things going. You got you to make sure the spaceship's fueled, right, and the, the gadgets and widgets are working yeah. right. Well, yeah. there always have to be somebody
0: on duty, right, to, right. to exactly. watch for the, the Martians coming they're gonna towards need,
2: the... <laughs> they're going to need a coffee, right? So there's going to be a barista to do yeah. some pulling of the Dopeo Espresso, and so you need to have Yeah, because they can't support coffee-making,
1: no. Do <laughs> uh, – you know, we've talked about battery degradation on this show and on many shows and, and the Tesla, the degradation has been really, really slow, like 5% over 100,000 miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, numbers we're getting like that. Um and then Cora asked the question, somebody in Cora.com asked the question, uh, do batteries degrade over time? And the answer that was given was yes, but it wasn't actually a very good answer. But the person who was answering it said, but just remember, batteries may degrade over time, but you know, ice vehicles degrade over time. The mileage you get in your ice car significantly degrades over time as well. And
0: then there was a commenter who talked about what, what the reasoning behind that, you know, like there's all sorts of things that, that go wrong, Val, you know, valves sort of start to have issues, yes. seals. Start to go things that don't need fixing on on Teslas or other electric cars. They they just go and things start to work less efficient at
2: less uh, loss of compression. Correct. Loss of compression. That was my Pantera. I had a Pantera. It was 10, really? 10 or 13 you years a old. Pantera? I did, a 1971 Pantera That's with a so hot 350 uh, Ford. Did you have long flowing hair also when you
0: were driving your Pantera around and like a Rush t-shirt on?
2: <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> probably would have been the only way I could have heard Rush was in my mind wearing the t-shirt because the engine sat, the forward part of the engine with the belts sat in this bump out into the passenger compartment. Apartment. It sat out about a foot plus, And when you rev the engine, there was I still have hearing loss on my right ear, probably from driving that car. And uh, so we had to tear the entire engine down to get the performance back only after, you know, 12,000 miles and 10 years. It was kind of crazy so
0: yeah Pretty i'm looking sweet looking car what color was your pantera if you don't mind me asking yellow oh of course it was oh my gosh. and if you do a google search for 1971 pantera like 90 percent of it. the things that come up that's it right there. is that you in no, there
2: go down that's it
0: oh there original, it is
2: original uh, original di Tommaso wheels sweet yeah it was a piece of shit <laughs> <laughs>
0: where was the pantera made do we know In it's, Italy. Land. it's an italian, it's italian car with a ford 350 you, an italian and a sports car german
2: five-speed uh differential that sat behind the engine it was sort of a cross differential it was a really nice car but it was loud it got crappy gas mileage it handled like shit because it had radial it didn't have uh really good tires it had a crappy suspension whoever's out there and you love your pantera i'm with you man i've been through every inch of that car I know it backwards and forwards And my Model S can beat the crap out of it So where is that Pantera today? Because do you know how much the Pantera is worth right now? All I know is that I spent a year Tearing that thing down and rebuilding it And ended up selling it for a loss And I'm very sad There is a 1971 D. Tomaso Pantera For sale in Scottsdale, Arizona,
0: $130,000
2: Well I guess should <laughs> have kept it 30 years You could have
0: <laughs> traded it for
1: an S Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's talk about future Faraday from Electric. Look, we've been following this news very closely the last month or so. Future Faraday? Is that what you called it? Future Faraday Future. <laughs> and so this is a Chinese-backed company which is going to make electric cars. that are going to be faster, and they keep teasing these videos of their new car, and they've, it's going to be faster than a Tesla Silly. Model S ludicrous. And two more high-level executives this week have left. One Goodbye. was the former CEO of Ferrari. Wah, wah, wah. The other one was a VP of product marketing at VW. They only came on like a year ago, and they're gone. And so the guy that has the cash whose name I can't pronounce, uh, Jaya Ying, Yuding, Yuding? Maybe. it looks like he is now in charge. He's saying, look, I've still got lots of money. This, we've got $600 million in new cash that's coming along. But it's still not clear to me whether this car is ever going to make it to market. They're going to show it at CES, yeah. but it seems like the rats are jumping off the sinking ship. And I'm not happy about this. I want this car to be great, and I want yeah. it to work, and I want more electric cars. But what the hell is happening at this company?
0: I don't know. We I, don't it, know. It seems like some bad things are going on. There's definitely some money issues. What, what I read in this article is what it is is Faraday Future and I don't know if this is true, is is really two companies. One of the companies is a manufacturing company, and the other company owns the intellectual property. And so if you've invested in Faraday, you don't own the intellectual property side of this. It's a completely different company Mm. that's not part of the deal. So that may have been the CEO and the VP guys that bailed may have just thought that that was a little bit, Of them gaming the system on some levels To investors and they didn't want to be Sort of part of that situation Because as you know in a technology Company Intellectual property is where the money
2: is. That's right. And that's where all the future is, all those patents. I don't know. I want to just send out some good karma. I would appreciate if Tesla Nation comes with me. Send out good karma to Faraday. I don't want to see them fail. I want to see them be successful. Yes, I don't quite agree with them going for the crazy speed over just a a, a good car for the public to move us off of petrol. Although I do
0: have a question about that because we have talked about this in the past and and I wonder if would would the normal like if they came out with a just a model 3 type comp competitor and would the normal person trust that enough because right they can't afford to have a car that has all kinds of problems where the rich guy buying the hundred and fifty thousand dollar car can sort of deal with the issues which we've talked about many times as far as a tesla goes but for me as a person like would i would i run out and be like oh i'm gonna be the first guy to buy the 300 mile uh you know Mass market version of a car company that that hasn't existed otherwise. I don't right. know that I would. I'm not right. sure. So maybe that they they have no choice, and maybe they did that market analysis.
1: And Tesla's genius may be also that we created super fast, super sexy, super expensive cars, and now Tesla is something that people aspire to. I want a super sexy, beautiful car. Yeah. Then you create your, your, mm-hmm. your lower cost one and people still associate sexy, wonderful Tesla with that. If they had have led with, they couldn't. But if they had have led with a,
2: a mass market car, it wouldn't be sexy to just be a mass market car. I, I, I just want to counter you. I don't think Teslas are super expensive. For what you get, I think they're actually a reasonably priced car. They are not the Ferrari 488 GTB, which they put this Faraday future up car up against. That's the $250,000 mid-engine two-seater Ferrari that's, you know, car and driver's top exotic car. So, you know, I think Tesla is actually amazing. It's faster than million-dollar production cars, and so I think that they're probably following in Tesla's footprints for the same reason. But it's not just about speed,
0: right? I mean, like it's about Ferraris, about the sexiness. It's about that throaty sound. It's about all kinds of things. but another, what I'll tell you about the Tesla thing, and what just popped into my head is what other ginormous company did almost that exact same model. It was Apple, right? When exactly. Apple first came out, those computers, and they still are. Much more expensive, but they're not three, four, five times factor expensive like they used to be when they first came out. Like, if you were early on in the Apple thing, those computers were expensive, the RAM was expensive, and that. Didn't necessarily – they weren't necessarily doing that to drive the other. But now everybody, because of that, all of the hipsters and all of the Mm. graphic designers did that, it made everybody covet it. And when they finally came out with something affordable, the iPhone, the iPods, the iPads, people wanted them and they sold a – Shit Lot of time. oh
1: gosh come on melvis hey, look i'm gonna just jump us way further forward because i know robert's got to go to work and tom's got stuff to do and i've got a whole bunch of stuff about renewables which is not time sensitive we can talk about it later i do want to talk about the gigafactory and then do the letters oh. because engadget has some fresh drone footage of what uh the gigafactory looks like right now it's about 30 percent complete and it is huge it's very big it's Drone so much even in the last few months And the way I determine how big it is Is by <laughs> how big the cars look next to it
2: And the right. cars
1: that are parked next to the factory Looking smaller and smaller As the factory gets bigger
2: and, as and you, bigger as you watch the drone fly around towards the south side There's a um, staircase that leads An exterior staircase It's temporary scaffolding that leads to the roof It doesn't go up and back it doesn't go up and back and up and back. It goes up and back and up and back so many times. It's like huge. This building is so tall. It is so large. And compared to the, the Gigafactor that I saw when I went to the Gigafactory event this summer, the three buildings that I walked through are now dwarfed by the additional five buildings that have been put on top of or, or next to them. It is
1: the alien dreadnought of large buildings growing ridiculously fast. I'm so excited about it. Look, let's do letters. Let's do them. We had a lot of letters We have a lot of letters, and uh, the first one is really interesting. (laughs) So, and this is an anonymous letter. Anonymous? Is this our first anonymous letter? First anonymous letter, and Mm. here is the reason. I'm talking about falcon wing doors and how do you manually open them, and uh, the message is there's a manual pull cable behind the speaker grill on the inside of the falcon wing
0: Very cool, so you pull that little grill off And inside is a little cable And you pull on that And that releases the door But you still have to lift it up
1: So a number of people have asked this And actually a few other people came up with the answer as well In a different way But this uh, person says I love the show My anonymity is required by the company I work for Hmm. And Cece asked the question Is this Elon Musk listening to the show? I'm sure it is it couldn't possibly be anybody else
0: Wow, that is uh, speculation upon speculation upon speculation
1: In the these current political climate, that's what you do Maybe it's you Obama You make stuff up Maybe Could it's Obama Could be Obama, but I'm pretty sure it's Elon <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, boys and girls, the next letter is from Matt Ladder But he says it's Ladder actually, with an extra
0: E-R So is that Ladderer? That is correct That's exactly what he said actually in his thing My last name is pronounced like the word Ladder with an extra <laughs> er at the end so it's either ladder emergency room or it's ladderer
2: i you know i just want to step back a second sorry matthew for stealing your thunder but if you saw there was an acronym in that uh quote, quote anonymous email that said rtfm yes did, did you bother to look that up no, no i didn't R. yeah did you, know you bother to look no. it up I'm yes right? i did <laughs> read the fucking manual oh <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: a hook. how dare you
2: why I would I read it, the manual you know when I could I have the
1: talking Tesla people these, tell me what to one do? One of
0: these letters talked about the first responder PDF, yes. which I downloaded. That Wonderful. has so much information in it. It is amazing.
1: We're going to get to that. Yeah, somebody found that. Uh, PDF that says, here's when you're a firefighter and you come across there's a crash, here's all the things you need to know. It is absolutely jam packed
2: with information. Now look, I
1: know where, when I get the jaws of life, where to cut my car open without wrecking all the
2: internal battery staying stuff. away from the high voltage, which That's is may- very Maybe important. we should spend more time on the Tesla website and less on
1: electric. <laughs> I like electric. I <laughs> do not want to spend any time reading manuals. I want somebody else like these people to just tell <laughs> me what to do. I'm not reading them. Matt Ladderer, yes, there's an ER on the ER. He says, um, how much does it cost to get a high-speed commercial EV charger? He did some googling. They're trying to get one at their work, and I did the same thing. I don't know what's the right one. He's like, "Is there a good one? Is there a bad one?" Yeah, in other Dunno. words,
2: is there a Consumer Reports for right. commercial installation of a charging facility?
1: Couldn't find one. I did find a lot of stuff about you know when I got a new charger for uh, my grandfather's place. That uh, we're comparing sort of residential charges. How, uh, which one is the best one? And uh, there's a lot of sites that have done some comparing. And don't buy the expensive one because it turns out when they do their reviews that a lot of these uh, inexpensive ones, the $350 level two charges are just as good as the much more expensive ones. So Corey, boiling? bowling, bowling, bowling. Um, has a couple of questions. Uh, well, actually, has a couple of statements. And he says, you know, what do you think about Tesla venturing into solar windows glass in the future? And uh, he gives us a couple of links. But this link is about quantum dots as solar cells. I don't know what a quantum dot is, but I'm pretty sure it's small. But <laughs> The idea is that you can put these things into windows, into glass, and generate electricity. It's very sci-fi. And uh, what about Tesla solar shingles being used for other applications Like siding and patios And I say yes, I've always wanted this And I think it makes logical sense Don't just put this stuff in my roof Mm -hmm. Put it in every part of my house The siding and the awnings and everywhere That there's sun for a reasonable part of the day
2: As soon as it's available, Mel I'm going to get you a solar toilet seat
1: Because the sun shines out of my buttocks (laughs) Apparently. What wow. He's saying.
0: wow. That is that is good. I didn't put that thing together. And then Corey also gave us a link to the DOE's official podcast, Direct Current, and he says it's very well produced. I'm gonna take a listen. Again, Talking Tesla Nation, educating the Talking Tesla. Uh,
1: folks The hosts
0: The people that the hosts. Oh, We're idiots Oh so that's a good name Hosts That's I, uh, what we should call ourselves
1: Direct current Yeah I'm going to listen to that I haven't had a chance yet And I'm hoping it'll actually do Lots of good explainers About all of this stuff Because I need some splaining.
2: That's for sure Yeah it looks like They started it up this year They've got uh, Let's see I think eight episodes And the last one is called Ho Ho How Holiday Lights Work Oh So it, Gonna going to watch it. Here's the next one, Mike
1: Deaver, who's talking about green investing, and he gives us uh, a stock tip here of one that is totally divested from fossil fuels and says um, it's actually in the last year done really well. It's done 2% better than the S&P 500. I've got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I have been spending a lot of time thinking about this, whether I'm going to really go busy and divest. And having watched um, what is happening with uh, Exxon and uh, other oil companies and the way they, their disinformation campaigns, I'm really um, quite fired up about doing this because if you go onto the Exxon site – They've got a statement about global warming. It says, yeah, global warming's a problem and it's uh, man-made and it's a big deal. And then if you look at who they then fund, they fund these third-party groups that spend their time denying climate change. Assholes. And I'm thinking, well, this is exactly what the tobacco industry did because the tobacco industry knew that the science was in and that they were going to get sued if they continued to have these statements saying that they didn't know that tobacco was bad for you. But they funded the same thing, third-party groups that would then do all their climate denying for them. This is the most unethical, horrible freaking industry, and I'm going to fully divest because if one cent of my money is going to help these bastards out, I'm going to be very sad. So thank you for the stock tip. I don't know what stocks to buy. I'm going to get divested as fast as
2: I can. I'm done. That reminds me of an excellent documentary. I think you may have mentioned that, Mel, called Merchants of Doubt. And I first heard about that book – Which
1: Elon was uh, suggested, talked about on one of the shows, and it is an excellent book. It's that when I say it's the same people that ran the disinformation campaign for the tobacco industry and lots of other bad industries, it's the same people. People that are doing it for climate denying
0: And while I will definitely Agree with you, we should try to divest as much As possible, this show is not providing Stock tips no. to anybody out there And we just want to make it very clear What may or may not work for us May or may not work for you Do your due diligence when making Financial decisions for yourselves
1: I've made it the statement many times You would have to have a CAT scan If you're the kind of person that would listen to us About stock tips, just as a general concept I'm talking here. Keith Lang Says I would love to make a uh, going zero logo for you. So I emailed Keith. I haven't heard back, but Keith, if you're out there, I'd love to see what you can come up with for the Going Zero logo. And is this his new moniker now, Keith? Keith. Keith. Well, that, that's Australian mate. Keither. Or maybe it's New Zealand way of saying maybe Keith Maybe all of our Keith-er. listeners
0: just are getting an E R added to the end <laughs> no, of their yeah. names.
1: Yeah, why don't just call him Bruce? So Trevor Page is another person who says Mel I can tell you how you can open up your falcon wing doors And he went further than that though Here is the guy, I think he does the Model 3 show Yeah he's the Model 3 Owners Club founder He has a YouTube channel Does a lot of great explainers So he tells me how to open the door But then he says this ladies and gentlemen boys and girls He uh, got his Lego set. He broke out the Legos? It was so cool. I watched this video. It's amazing. amazing. He built a door. He built a Falcon Wing door out of Legos to show you how it articulates. It's really good. I suggest you go check it out. And
0: he was the one who posted the first responder PDF as well. So, Trevor, well
1: done. Yeah, if you want to get deep into how uh, you – how the sort of the routing of the electricity
2: and stuff occurs in a Tesla, this, model, this uh, EMS guide is really important. I recommend anybody with an X look at this because when you get asked, you know, you're in the parking lot, people are like, oh, you're Model X, that's so nice. But it's dangerous because of this. It's dangerous because of that. You know, all the BS that they hear in the news. Well, then be informed. no. It's actually safer. This is how the Falcon wing doors work. It's a passive spring that opens the doors. It doesn't require any electricity. It's just a latch, etc. Just read it. It's a really great little manual. It shows me that Tesla is so doing their homework.
1: John from Colorado uh, has a subject line that says, the phrasing that is goofy. Uh-oh. Dear fine folks of the Tesla that is talking, I believe <laughs> you have jumped the shark that is uh, with the phrasing that is goofy. Maybe in the California people speak like this, but I can assure you that people who live east of the Grand, that is, Canyon, do not. I don't think you need to edit out the words that are swearful, but please edit out the phrasing that is awkward. It's getting annoying, but screaming electric is not. Please do not. And uh, he also suggests that uh, you guys are doctors. You've got sixty episodes under your belt, and I'm you still not can't tell the difference between doctor. kilowatt hours and kilowatts. Come on! But the most important part of the letter Wait is. Wait a
0: minute! No, I don't think this is the most important part. By the way,
1: Mel is the smart one. Tom may have some more facts and insight, but everything sounds more impressive in an Aussie so accent. Thank you, within John. Within his
0: own sentence, he diffuses what he said. He calls you the smart one, but only because of your silly, silly accent. I have more facts 22 than million Australians insight, are pissed Mel, at you right now. It's I have beautiful.
2: Insight. I'm going to work on my accent. The Brian that is Anderson – no, don't <laughs> Stop start. it. Don't.
1: Brian Anderson said that he loved the Going Zero prototype and he said, you got a quote from Carl Sagan and then on my Facebook profile, I swear I didn't change it, but there was no link to his Facebook profile. So I assume there's a Carl Sagan picture or something in his Facebook profile. Yeah. Trent Eddy has uh, got a really nice uh, – Letter here that basically says There are people working on animal animal-less, Without the animals
0: <laughs> Vegetarian burgers
1: Well no, meat not created directly from animals So right. you basically grow the meat In a lab instead of growing it in a cow And Sergey Brin's foundation Is part of this So you can actually have meat meat But it's not from the killing of cows And somebody said <laughs> I want a Brin burger in my in <laughs> and out trip And then I what? thought it's not a Brin burger It's a Brennan Out Burger Oh, oh very, very nice Very, nice. very but, nice But the thing that I'm curious about And
0: I've had many <laughs> conversations with you off the air And yes. we won't get into that Because Not I was thinking about genetically rude. modified you know, food stuff, yes. Right? This is clearly what that would be Yes. And so where do you, where would you stand in this particular I no situation? I have no problem with
1: genetically modified food In fact, all food is genetically modified The that Indians have been genetically modifying corn for thousands of years it's I think it's a really important thing to, to right. save many yeah. lives is to have genetically yeah. modified food. I don't know why people are so wigged
2: out about it. I don't either, but, but we've had those conversations where people – I think it's a great idea. Well, listen, guys. I'm going to have to depart because it is my hour oh. to go to work. And it's I'm going to let you finish the letters. And I made some other comments. Don't Feel leave. free to plagiarize me. Oh, oh we will. Yeah, please. No but credit before given. I leave, Uh-oh. I Uh-oh. was at this amazing place in Arizona. I kind of told you a little bit about it called Arco Sante. Mm-hmm. This was our first night on the trip Mm -hmm. and this is uh, a place created by Paolo Solari who's an Italian architect who coined the term arcology. That's Arch- that's architecture and ecology So merging mm. the two Into a going zero Like mm. sustainable community And at this community They make these amazing devices Which I'm not going to reveal But I bought each one of you oh. Whoa Should we what? open
1: it here on the show? You can definitely Let's open go. it here You always bring us stuff I never give anybody anything I'm a bad person I have
2: a thing for both of you But it's it's just amazing. Well this will inspire you To look more into Arcosante It's a lovely box Lovely it is box very and Nicely patterned there's,
0: some, there's a note Inside There's notes Oh that's a Private note from Robert Thank you so very and- Much i
1: very excited to see that And, and then, inside What a good opening up This is really
2: great radio We were getting really good at these
1: unboxings I'm going to
2: tweet a picture of you opening the box What is this? Or maybe a picture thing? of of Tom holding oh, up what's it's in the box lovely This
0: first oh, part of it is it's, beautiful My It's a little
1: really dingy-ling
0: look. I love this I think there's maybe more to it in the box But the yeah, first part It's this lovely bell With some beautiful symbols on it And it makes Actually, it's a lovely tone I like Not it It's got a nice tone it's got A nice nice. patina already on it. This is going to look so lovely in my back garden, Robert, and I really, really appreciate that. Thank you so much.
1: I'm going to have to find something in the new that is
2: zealous (laughs) for you
1: guys. I'm going to bring you back a hobbit.
2: (laughs) <laughs> that or a sheep, I guess I'm getting something from Tom What is this? It's a three Old Vine Zinfandel yeah. From Contra Costa County One
0: of my favorite Zinfandels I buy it uh, by the truckload I drink want some now it or by or the busload I'm
2: going to have to uh, get myself Some fake Brin Burger And enjoy this Oh, there you go Happy
0: holidays And uh, have a safe shift, my friend
2: Thank you, boys See ya
0: Another killer twelve. Well, now that he's gone, now we can have some real fun. Oh my god, I thought Let's he would never lose shit about him. She's one
1: that loser. What a nerd. <laughs> okay, Christopher Jones uh, talks about Judge Jar, Jar Binks, and he says, "Look, I love the show," which uh, makes it strange that my first message to be to you would be about uh, would, would not, not be about my would not be about my favorite uh, topic, Tesla, but rather about Judge Jar, Jar Binks. Apparently, Tom was hating on the Binks. And uh, he he sends us a little video here that shows quite I think clearly that Jar Jar Binks is in fact a Sith Lord. We'll put the link in the show notes. You got to go check it out. It changes everything the way you think about Jar Jar Binks, right? Yeah, sure it does. You still find him annoying? Well, he's super powerful. It could be the most powerful Lord. That
0: doesn't mean that he can't be the most powerful Sith, although. You know, that's it's not actually possible, I don't believe, for him to be a Sith because there can only be two Siths at one time and there are two other Siths in that movie. But you know, I digress.
1: John Ford sends us uh, another note, which is – John is our uh, favorite climate denier. And John sends us a note that says, you know, it looks like we're spending a tremendous amount of other people's money for no benefit. And he links us to an article here that says we're spending lots and lots of money and it doesn't look like this is going to modify the amount of uh, temperature rise very much. And I actually read the exact opposite into to you than you did, John, which is – Yeah, we know we're doing an inefficient – we're not doing enough for this problem. We have to go full bore to reduce the amount of uh, warming that we're going to occur. So I read this and I say more to be done, much more.
0: Right. So he says we're spending tremendous amount of other people's money for no benefit when we could be taking care of poor people, which I uh, totally agree with. But again, the – my, my interpretation is exactly like yours. It's like the, we want to do 100%, but the political system in the world will only let us do 25%. So some people's takes on that are let's not do anything because we can't do enough anyways, and that's just ridiculous. Let's just push them even farther in my opinion. But thank you, John. I did read it. I learn a lot uh, to support my claims.
1: And the next letter is from Jess Delaheite. And uh, Jess says uh, – he actually, he wrote us a letter uh, a number of weeks ago where he had his flip-flops. He had his new car and he kind of crashed it. it and you it call him a woman. He's a man. He's a man. Sorry, <laughs> Jess. Um, and he's got this big long article here that basically in summary says this. There was a perfect storm brewing because he had his car and he crashed it and it needed to get fixed. And it took, I think he said, three months for it yeah. to get Come back because nobody could do the aluminum bodywork that was required. Because he's in Texas. Because he's in Texas, and he's saying, like, this is a big deal. You guys are always worried about your stupid superchargers, but it's bodywork for all the crashes mm-hmm. that are going to occur from all the Model 3s that are out it's there. True. And the only thing that makes me feel a little bit better about this is that the Model 3 is going to have a steel construction, which Everybody's shop should be able to fix. Steel so I'm body work, hoping right. that for the fender bender stuff, that the Model 3 is going to be much easier.
0: A lot of it just depends on uh, Tesla's ability to make and stock spare fenders, fair spare all of this other stuff. So if you're in a situation where it's more than just a minor little bump and you can't fix it like the normal traditional way and you got to replace it, that Tesla can actually provide those parts on time. Because it seemed like that was the biggest issue was that, for him, was he's in Texas, so there's only two certified repair shops in all of Dallas-Fort Worth, which is a very large area, and it's difficult for Tesla to provide the parts.
1: John Ford sends us another uh, climate-denying article, but this one is about Dr. Roy Spencer, and he says you should read his stuff because he's a naysayer about climate change. Roy Spencer is a well-known scientist within the community who is a climate denier, who is paid for by the Heartland Institute, uh, funded by the gas and fuel industry. He is uh, known for screwing up his data on multiple occasions and basically being a patsy for these guys. So Roy Spencer, he'd be a loser, John. He'd Mm. be a big loser. Mm. And if... I'll show you – for every one scientist that you uh, bring me, I'll bring you approximately 98 others <laughs> that say they're wrong. Yeah. And, and it's not necessarily
0: that Dr. Roy Spencer is denying climate change or that John is denying climate change. They're denying that the humans are having the ma- the mass amount or percentage of that particular impact because, again, the earth has gone through climate cycles without us Absolutely. in the past, without all of this carbon and stuff in the past. but you know the the scientific community like the the jury is is no no longer out on this particular one
1: yeah it's not even it's not even close but thanks for but
0: still listening john we appreciate it and we we appreciate your support of tesla as a car company
1: Um, Mike, can I go back to the playbook? The playbook here, it's well defined by the tobacco industry and others. First, you say nothing's happening. Then you say, oh, there could be something happening. This is all to give you extra time to make more profit. Then you say, oh, well, it's a mix of things. Yes, we're having some bad effect, but uh, we're not sure. And you keep playing this out so that even though you know the actual truth, you give yourself decades to make more profit. It is cynical. It is horrible. I'm done here. Leo Kaye. Talks about uh, solar energy And he says I've got a small solar array But I note that I can't put on a bigger solar array as I'd like We really need governments to produce clean energy So that I can buy it from them or utilities And that is true But... uh,
0: He's talking specifically about charging his car using solar because the cars require so much energy.
1: Yeah, so if you're driving a lot, you can more than double your energy requirements by getting an electric car. So that is true. But what I found out is that this community solar thing is really starting to take off. And I've got an interview on Wednesday with a community solar group is where Tom says, well, I can't put solar panels because I live in an apartment, but I'd like to buy my energy Purely renewable. Well, this group, as I understand it, is building solar panels so that you can then buy your energy from them through some complicated process where you actually don't go off the current energy that you're using right now. And I'm going to try and have them explain it to me. So, uh, excellent Andre Rodriguez uh, sent us a link about solar roads Now, solar roads are big in the news Uh, You see them all the time Because the idea is that there's a lot of wasted space There's roads everywhere If we could put solar panels down there Then uh, we could use all this space and not have to build solar farms The problem with these solar roads is it looks like they're fairly inefficient They're very expensive I think that they're probably going to be failed. These are a number of uh, ones in France and other places that they're trying out. I think it makes more sense to have a normal road and then put up solar trees along the way. Yeah. But we will see their testing. We'll see. Although it's it's
0: hard to know, right? Like it, if they come down in price, let's say 20-fold, right, or, 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 and they're super cheap and it costs – Let's say as much to repave the roads Over a 25 year period Because maybe they last longer Who knows I mean let's just say For instance They're inefficient But they become super cheap There's a lot of that space available So maybe in 100 years You know it's one of those things Where like it's a kind of A wait and see situation So it's good that people Are kind of looking into it As of right now It's not even close To being in the conversation And uh, Matthias
1: Mathias, Mathias Ch- Ch- Chope Uh, He he sent us a link and I don't remember It's Chop, Matthias Chop I don't remember actually clicking on this link uh, But it's about uh, going zero in um, houses, self-sufficient house Uh, I didn't read it, I'm sorry Oh no, I did It's an apartment complex, that's right So it's a really interesting apartment complex Which has zero emissions, it's not even attached to the grid So they've got a solar roof, they've got solar walls They've got super low energy appliances They've got batteries Which can give them four days of energy. And they say they can run this entire apartment complex on just one hour of sunlight a day and they get over eight hours a day. Yeah. So it's a good reminder to me that reducing consumption by being super energy efficient is as least important, probably more important than energy production much
0: more important actually because we are super inefficient and i am today as i leave here this is what i had to do you've been talking through this whole show tom's got something to do tom what are you doing i am going to look at new windows for my home to double or triple the current efficiency of my windows and then i'll be able to report to you In uh, you know, over the months, you know, after I get them installed, as to what that's actually done for my utility bills.
1: Yeah, I'm really interested in this because I live in a classic California ranch style house, and it is so energy inefficient. It leaks like a sieve. I spend a lot of energy trying to heat it when it's cold. But you
0: already have double-pane windows. I do not currently have yeah, double-pane, double-pane windows, pane windows on my difference. home. So, like, my windows are very cold. Like, if I sleep next to a large That's window freezing, in my right? house, oh, my God, it is freezing cold. And I don't feel any of that when I'm by your windows, and I want I want some of that.
1: Now, the only problem we've had with our double-pane windows yes. is that the gas leaked in some of them. So you've got to be careful of the manufacturer. Um how do you pronounce this gentleman's name? Is it? Diedrich. Diedrich? Diedrich. Diedrich says, I'm your other black listener. <laughs> <I don't laughs> did you w-
0: said we had a black listener. Well, that's, that's what our other black listener said. Oh, that's um, true. He did. So I
1: don't want to get into a whole racial thing, particularly during these alt-right days. <laughs> no. But Diedrich made a um, video a long time ago. I actually saw ages ago of the kids jamming with the, the Model X, and it's really cool. And uh, he uh, says, yes, indeed, he does celebrate Kwanzaa, which is my – Second favorite uh, holiday, which is not Christmas or Hanukkah, so it would be the third or fourth I still am a big fan But your favorite
0: holiday is Thanksgiving
1: My favorite holiday is Thanksgiving, but my most favorite is Festivus because of the airing of grievances Yeah,
0: which uh, we have to do some of that afterwards. And he
1: says, and it's him saying it, not me, so I can't be criticized He's out of the land that is merry So I'm just saying, (laughs) thank you (laughs) Uh, Nathan Dwyer says uh, Mel, Tesla recently had an event in Denver that I attended And I have the very same question to you How do you get out of your cars in your X And we've found out you go to the grill, the speaker grill You pop it open And then you pull the plug And then the spring will open the door for you It's so exciting and, And
0: he says I forgot the sarcastic aside of how easy it would be To disassemble that door panel When you're upside down and on fire.
1: Exactly. <laughs> it is a bit upsetting. It is hidden
0: in the speaker grill, though, which I think is, is not the most ideal spot for it. Like, it... It just seems wrong in my opinion
1: Michael Deaver has Another guy that is telling us about how you do Some uh, zero uh, Fossil fuel investing so uh, Another stock tip there Patrick Talking about superchargers and he says Supercharger.info has a really nice Visual representation of the current Under construction and permitted Tesla Chargers so there's a number of sites out there This is another really good one Dale Solomon says this He lives in Western Australia Western Australia ladies and gentlemen boys and girls is about Uh, 3.6 times the size of texas have you been there to western australia oh i have (laughs) it's big it's (laughs) like Ben huge bigger than ben hur's buttocks and so they're building a supercharger down south of perth which is sort of the big city you think about when you think about western australia in bunbury and uh, he says the next closest supercharger is three Thousand kilometres away, he's not sure, but he thinks it's the world's most isolated supercharger. So
0: there isn't a supercharger in Perth, but there's going to be one in Bur- Bunbury. That's what is I was it Bunbury. I don't know. You,
1: you're asking me how to pronounce them. No, that's what, probably a bad I like? idea. I apologise. That's what I was thinking. Isn't there one in Perth? Apparently, he's suggesting that there is not.
0: The suggestion that is.
1: On that note ladies and gentlemen We are going to take next week off Um, I'm going to be in New Zealand going to be capturing a little audio there But actually what I might do is throw up some of the audio That we've been doing with Jess and Dave About the cars and the driving So I might mix that together before I leave We'll throw that out next week But the real show will be back in a couple of weeks You have yourselves a wonderful new year And Tom, got any good plans? What are you doing? Be safe, be
0: well I'm not doing anything I'm going to try to Solid up my home solid with some better windows and energy efficiencies, yes. as it were. Continue the search for a freaking car Will already. you get one already? Oh, my God. Oh. So well, I want to drive the Bolt, but I can't. They won't let me. They don't have them. They're not available. Uh So what do you want from me? Do you Seriously, want to drive my car would... while I'm in New Zealand? Yeah, I really do. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to. I'm not going to let you. Either. Yeah, that was, no, I didn't think but so. But for a second there, you had a little glitch. Yeah, I was own. like...
1: Oh, you couldn't yeah. take the pressure, ladies and gentlemen, the boys pressure. and girls. His name is Tom Wolfson. My name is Mel Herbert. That was Robert Rosenblum. We made a lot of fun of him after we left. We <laughs> probably should have done more, because <laughs> you don't often get the opportunity to do that without one of us in the room. Yeah, it's he true. always gives us great presents. He we does. love him long time, and we love you all. Talk to you next year, a year from now. Happy New Year,
0: Tesla Nation!
2: Talking Tesla is a production of Wooly Boo Incorporated. Produced by Mel Herbert and C.C. Herbert. Hosted by Mel Herbert, Tom Wolfson, and Robert
1: Rosenblum. To support Talking Tesla, go to patreon.com forward slash TalkingTesla.